0: And so well, Uncharted yeah. has a little bit more character development than Mortal Kombat, where <laughs> it's all about developing your fists and your finishing moves. That's fair.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up, Early Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co hosts, Matt Heiner, Better Red than Dead, and Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Also, go and leave us a review. You can do it at Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. Oh, you can do it at Spotify now, too. So, leave us a review. We love those five-star reviews. Honestly, it's the best way to help us grow the podcast, so we do appreciate that. Also, make sure you go check out our website, whatsappreddict.com, where you can see all of our episodes, our new episodes coming out, all sorts of fun stuff. So, go take a look at the website as well. Question we always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie... To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Uncharted. It was released February 18th, 2022. It was written by Rafe Judkins and Art Markham. It was directed by Ruben Fleischer. It stars Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Sophia Ali, Tati Gabriel, Rudy Pankow, Stephen Waddington, and Antonio Banderas. Street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago after being hidden from the house Moncada. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, you can go check out our spoiler free review on YouTube with the link down in our show notes. You can also pause the podcast at this point, go watch the movie and come pick up where you left off because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So let's deep dive Uncharted. JJ,
0: can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. Can you set the scene with our listeners? Because I've only played I've only played one of the Uncharted games. I actually okay. want to play the others. Where does this one fit into the, the video game lore of Uncharted and kind of set the scene there? Because I, I don't know myself.
1: It has been a long time since I've played. So I recently played, they did a spin-off of Uncharted with the two female leads, which I was a huge fan of because I love Laura Bailey. If you've never watched critical role these guys play dungeons and dragons you really should because she's amazing Is she the voice actor for her so she's the voice actor not for the chloe character that you see mm-hmm. in the movie but she's for for the most recent video game so the one that was a thieves end which was uncharted 4 and then there was a movie a game called uncharted lost legacy and the lost legacy was led by the female characters which one of mm-hmm. which being voiced by laura bailey um, so I
0: played number four. I'm just trying to figure out which video game this movie based
2: itself off of, or if it's wow. none of them. Isn't it a couple of them? Yeah, it's like, a couple. There's scenes from like the third game, from the mm-hmm. fourth game, little sprinkle of two thrown in there every once in a while.
1: Yeah. In the third game, they did like a flashback to where he was younger and how he met Sully. So that was a big piece that you kind of saw pieces of in this movie. And then most of it, though, I think was based uh, loosely on the second game with some sprinkles of the first. But the third's a big one because that's where you find out about Sam and the fact that he's not. Big spoiler early on in the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that Sam's not actually dead, was the third game, I believe, that you find that out. So Because you spend most of the second, first and second game believing that Sam's dead. But Chloe is, I think in almost every game he's in. And she's played by Claudia Black, I think is a voice actor. She's awesome. But Chloe's a great character throughout the games. Like, I was glad to see her being portrayed in the movie. And I think the girl that played her, Sophie Ali, she killed it. She did a great job as Chloe. Really kind of hit the tones of... And they constantly have, like... The games are fun with them because they constantly have this, like, back and forth shit going on like we're will they won't they and like they're betraying each other constantly throughout the game so it's then they help each other it's fun and, and i think that's why i was so impressed with this movie and i like i said I, in the spoiler free i was worried because uncharted i am a huge naughty dog fan and a lot of people shit on neil drugman who's like the the story lead for most of naughty dogs games like he did the last of us he did all the uncharted games He's been involved in a handful of other of their games. In fact, I think he's one of the top dogs of Naughty Dog now. But I was worried because the games and the story are so damn good with Uncharted. It's probably one of the best storyline game series out Mm. there, period. Absolutely. So I was terrified. And, you know. I went into this movie with very low expectations because I was like, they're going to ruin this. Because let's be honest, video games, movies also don't have a great history of being good movies. Most of them have been pretty terrible. In fact, we shit on Mortal Kombat not that long ago. I mean, it's, it just doesn't go well. So I was worried because it's one of my favorites. But they did well with this. It was a lot of fun, period. And so well, Uncharted
0: yeah. has a little bit more character development than Mortal Kombat, where <laughs> I, it's all about developing your fists and your finishing moves.
1: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Well, and, that, you know, and I think that's part of the reason, I think I mentioned at this point for you, that this one translates better. The Uncharted series, I'm excited for the Last of Us TV series that's coming out because the games that Naughty Dog makes, these story-based games, especially the serious ones like this, they're ripe for adaptation into movies and TV shows because the stories are so robust and the character development is so good that it's hard to not, you know, have that translate well. I mean, even their little silly game, they have a game called Jack and Dexter, that Naughty Dog, because they don't make a lot of games, Naughty Dog. So the ones that they do make are pretty impressive. So. I was happy well, if they um, keep up what they did with uncharted. I'll go see every
2: single game or every single movie they make. Yeah. Because even just like when they opened, that was the greatest opening scene I've seen in a movie in a very long time. You've got Tom Holland hanging off of a cargo plane <laughs> with his foot and no context as to how he got there. Yeah. And it was just, it was just beautiful.
1: I loved it. Yep. It's very interesting how they chose to start that too. Like it was, a, I was worried too, because I thought it was going to be very, Like when they started that way, it almost felt a little like, ooh, jarring when they switch back. But then I really liked the way they worked it because a lot of movies will, when they do that, they open with a scene and then you get back to that scene eventually. Like they go like a really fast pace back through what you've already seen. And I loved that they switched to Chloe's perspective through most of that to see how the car got thrown off the plane and how the guy got, they got hit with that crate. It was because she cut that thing loose. So I really liked that. They didn't force you to speed through the same thing again, that they actually switched perspectives because that the games do that a lot. That's a very reminiscent of the game. And the, I think uncharted two starts that way either uncharted two or three starts in a similar fashion where you start in the middle of the game basically, and then have Mm -hmm. to go back and work your way to that one of them does that and i don't remember which one it was it's been so long since i played the first few but yeah very i'm with you I like i like the way that they started it and then it just was fun throughout
0: i got another question the the scene where they fall out of the the plane and they get to the resort and the person that is like sipping is that the guy that plays nathan drake the voice actor or something that's- like that that's, a, that's what i figured but I'm sure yeah. you know jj
1: that's nolan north He's the voice of Nathan Drake in the games. He's probably the most sought after voice actor on the planet right now. There's there's a couple and Nolan North is, he's amazing. But when it comes to male voice actors, there's Nolan North. I Can't remember the other one. The one that's in Last of Us that plays Joel in The Last of Us that I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but those two are probably the top. But yeah, it was good to see him because that voice is just unmissable like you hear him and i was laughing i leave nobody case i was like that's that's the actual nathan drake voice and she goes okay that's cool like i was some sort of moron for knowing mm. that. Yeah, I, I, mean, <laughs> I thought that
0: was cool that they they threw him a bone because yeah they, yeah i figured that's who it was without yep. knowing but i knew i knew you would know
1: oh yeah as soon as i saw him when they come walking up on the beach and he's laying there i was like that's cool i was like good for him because i knew yeah as soon as i saw him i was like oh yeah that's that's nolan north there he what is. What does
0: a voice actor like that pull in per year per video game or something? I've always been curious about that.
1: I don't know. You know, I think it's decent, but I don't like they're not like making not massive. You have to turn down
2: a cameo in a in a major motion picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, I think here's the thing, for him, it's gonna be better than most because he's just so sought after. He does and his like he can tweak his voice in so many different ways. Like most of them can, but it looks like an average voice actor salary is $76,000 a year.
2: I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. No shit. It's not I'm easy to get making, into that
0: though. I'm sure he's making low millions. Oh, and for sure.
1: Well, the other anything. thing about it too, that's fortunate and unfortunate is you're starting to see a lot of like a list actors and even B list actors get into the voice acting game. Yeah. That you didn't see before. It used to be its own kind of world. And mm-hmm. now like you start to see these actors because we recognize their voices. And so, you know, it pulls, especially in the the animated films, things like that, it pulls a lot of, you know, you start seeing yeah, it in the video games. There's too.
0: some movie that's coming out that Chris Evans is the main voice actor for it. I, I can't remember because I just saw the preview, but I was like, Chris Evans. I'm like, well, they paid yeah. a lot for that.
1: Yeah, it's uh Lightyear. He's playing Buzz Lightyear. Is. Yeah, they've Holy started shit. doing it and even in video games they've started doing it. Like the the guy from the Walking Dead, I can't think of his name off, why can he he was also in uh oh shit, why can't I think of his name? Anyway, he's he's one of the big Walking Dead actors. They did a whole video game with his likeness in it and he did the voice acting. So, it's becoming one of those things that's pretty mainstream for actors. It's a good second income, but they make a lot more money because of who they are. They come with a certain mm-hmm. status, but like Nolan North and then Laura Bailey, she's unbelievable at voice acting as well. Like something like five or six hundred credits to her name. Jeez. But I think that it requires more talent to me to be a good, solid voice actor, especially in something like Uncharted, where there is so much character development than almost a lot of these actors today have. Because you're not, they have, they have all this shit on because they're doing all the mocap and they're doing, so they have to do it in such a weird circumstance. And still make it believable to where you know you're watching something that's completely fake. And so, I don't know. I have a real uh, heavy level of respect for voice actors and what they do. I'll take their
0: common folk. Let us know if you agree with JJ or don't agree that voice acting is more difficult than normal acting.
1: Yeah. Troy Baker. That's the other. And Nolan North are probably the two biggest male voice actors. Matt Mercer's up there. He does the, the cowboy for Overwatch. So he's another one that does some big stuff. But anyway, back to Uncharted. Tom Holland kills it. I just want to say like, and I've said this about him a million times because we've watched three or four of his movies and reviewed them, not just Spider-Man, but this kid has so much charisma on screen. Like it's hard not to just enjoy watching him perform and see what he does. And and he just brings like a likability to every character that he's in. I mean, that he plays like, and he was my biggest concern for this because Nathan Drake in the games is so rugged. And he's like this, he's an older guy. It's a younger version of Nathan Drake, obviously than in the games. But so I was concerned, but I, I thought he killed it. I thought he he brought it and he really represented Nathan Drake in a great way. I really enjoyed him. So I think it's helpful that he's
2: so awkward off screen when he's doing his like interviews you know, I think he's twenty five, right? Yeah, so you like that. see that when he's just interacting off screen in his interviews, whatever he's doing. You see the dorky kind of awkward kid, but then he gets on screen and he's able to deliver a performance like Nathan Drake flawlessly. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the the contrast to where it's like it's work time and then it's, you know, Tom hones playtime. time. Mm-hmm. And he's just able to turn it on and off and he can act opposite of pretty much anybody at this point and still take the, take the entire show and be the focal point and be,
1: be the reason why everybody wants to go back to the movies. Yeah. And I will say he's gotten quite the, like in all of the parts that he's played, like he's played up against some serious actors. Like, like one of his first movies was with Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor in a movie called the impossible about the tsunami and, Asia in Thailand that he was a little kid and he played against those guys. And then he's all through Marvel. He's going up against Benedict Cumberbatch. He's going up against, you know, all those guys. I mean, the, the, geez, it's just constant. Like him having yeah, to act. Max Nicholson and chaos
2: walking. He's got Robert Pattinson and the devil yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just constantly. Yeah, yeah. He's just constantly in the spotlight and the guy that everybody wants to keep seeing. Yeah, He's able to just be incredible and then be goofy and dorky on the side. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the dream. It's the dream. He's living
1: the dream. Yeah. He's, I'm excited to continue I to think watch from
0: him. from Spider-Man into this movie, just what I've seen most lately with him is his emotional range and depth that has become so much more believable. And I think that's why people really were endeared with the new Spider-Man is because he, he brings enough charisma for you to like the character, but then he's kind of gone to the next level where he can always get you to like the character, but then he can get you to feel for the character. And I think that's what makes change someone from a good actor to a great actor. And I think he's starting to get to that point where he's always bringing his characters to that level of emotional depth, which is hard to do with someone like him because he will always be someone that gets you to like, him, but it's beyond getting surface level. It's getting deeper. It'd be funny to see Tom Holland in like a, like a comedy uh, with his style of acting. Cause I, I feel like he could also do that pretty well, just the way he bounces kind of on screen. And I don't think we've, I haven't seen movie of him in where he kind of leans more into that full forcibly announcing him and Mark Wahlberg. I'd be like, man, they could probably make a pretty good, like full blown comedy together as well. But yeah, I've just been really impressed with them. If, if when I think of, actors today that really impressed me besides the one that I've always liked by like Tom Hanks and individuals like Denzel Washington Tom Holland is right there along with Robert Pattinson with people that are have
1: really impressed me yeah I think it would be fun to watch him this one's probably as close to a buddy comedy as you can get because there's that funny moments, but like a full-on comedy I think he'd be great he's done a lot of animated stuff Like a lot of people don't even realize he was in them and they weren't like huge movies, but like he did like spies in disguise where it's like the rock plays like the bird or whatever. And then he did Mm -hmm. the one onward, which was a really cool movie. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see him play a live action comedy because he's done a lot of serious roles. And even this one, like, I think that's what impressed me the most is when he got pissed, like, and he starts when they're in that room where the gold was supposed to be, and it turns out to be like the big pots of salt and he gets Chloe turns on him like when he goes off on Sully in that moment of like, we're going to finish this and whatnot for my brother. And that's, and then we're done. Like it's so believable when he gets mad and he gets like serious that it really pays off the fact that you can see like emotionally he's hiding things when he's being funny and he, he's got a couple roles like that. But I just think, like you said, His emotional depth and the ability to play off all sorts of emotions is pretty impressive for as young as he is. I'm kind of sad he's taking a break, but I get it. Don't burn yourself out. But I can't wait to see him come back. Yeah, he's taking a break from acting, but I I think he deserves it. The guy's been in fucking so much shit over the last 10, 15 years. How long do you think he'll be out for? Like a couple of years? I don't know if it'll be that long. I mean, he certainly
0: can afford to do that. Let's be
1: honest. (laughs) Sure. I, I mean, it and won't be long a moment. He wants to come back. Yeah. It won't be long before Sony and Marvel start calling him again. So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where I bet he's got a, a year or two before he's got to do something serious, but that's a great life. It's like,
0: look, I've, I'm counting my millions. I've done it. Like, I mean, he could retire now and have a good acting career, but oh, sure. what would he do with this life? But yeah. I hope he keeps doing it. Cause he's, I'm trying to think of at least in my lifetime, he's one of the few actors that, I can remember that's got to start pretty young, but really stayed has improved. I I think with most every movie he's taken on, like I can't think of a lot of people like that, at least in my lifetime so far. Mm -hmm. It's
1: hard to do that. Yeah, I agree. And if you haven't, I'm serious. Like if you haven't seen the impossible, you should go watch it. I think it's available on Mm -hmm. Amazon. He's a little kid. I think he's like 10 or 11 is all in this movie, but he is amazing. And he's not in it a ton, but God, he's so good. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was his first major film. But I was also impressed with Mark Wahlberg. I hate saying that. Like those words taste really gross coming out of my mouth. Like I'm not. <laughs> Why do you usually, hate him though. You know, I don't hate him, but I just like all I see, I'm old enough that all I see is fucking Marky Mark. Like I it just, that's all I see is him in fucking underwear and rapping. And I'm just like, I can't. It doesn't fit in my head. And so most of the things that he does, and he plays to me the exact same character in every fucking movie. Well, he's got two. So he's got his comedy side. like, And when he's playing comedy, this is Marky Mark's comedy side. And then he's got a serious role like where he's playing like a, fuck, who knows, like an action. But there's been very few movies that I've been- Like The Shooter. Yeah, fuck. It's just, he has moments where I'm like, Okay, that was a great performance. But then he's got some like where it's just terrible. Like in The Departed, he was amazing. Like that part was great. The Fighter, he was great in The Fighter. Like I loved him there. And then you flip to the comedy side and like Ted, one of my favorite movies because it's funny as fuck and he fits that stupid ass, kind of dumb, but really like likable character. But like there's movies where I'm just like, no didn't work for me. Like instant family, the shooter didn't work. Those daddy's home movies. I don't know if you guys saw either of those. That didn't that shit didn't work for me either. Yeah, like he's done so many movies where I'm like, nope, it just doesn't work. Like so- where are you on the Marky Mark uh radar? That's
2: a tough question. Um, <laughs> I I kind of like Mark Wahlberg, but I mean the first kind of thing I saw him in was the other guys with Will Farrell, mm-hmm. which just is hilarious from the buddy cop standpoint and so I don't mind him I can tell you that the concern in this household was how he was going to portray Sully yes because in the games Sully is he's an old man yeah so it's you know Mark Wahlberg is far and away from being as old as Sully is Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think Mark Wahlberg now is about the age that Nathan Drake is in the games, right? Or close enough to it. So that kind of dynamic, I can tell you, was a great concern in this household. Mm -hmm. Um, But it (laughs) did come back with some approval. So I want to hear JJ take on how did Mark Wahlberg portray
1: Sully as a character? So when I got past the no mustache. Cause that's the other thing that Sully's known for. And they make fun of, you saw the trailer. And if you stayed long enough, you saw like the whole, what's that thing on your face? And you know, puberty's right around hmm. the corner. So I'm glad that they played it. They paid homage to that and they brought it around. You just had to wait to see it. And so I was able to forgive the old man thing because they're setting up a sequence of movies. If this one does well, they'll continue to make more of them, which I hope it does well enough that they do. Cause I did have fun with it. Ooh, I didn't mind his portrayal of Sully once it got going. It was the same way. I, I was like, oh my God, how's Mark Wahlberg going to play Sully? Mm-hmm. Sully's an old man. He's grizzled. He's a dick, but he's the sweetheart dick. It's one, yeah, he's one of those likable dicks. And so it's just, it's so hard. Hence Mark Wahlberg. He's good at doing that. Well, and that's, he did better than I thought. And that's where I started that whole conversation about Mark Wahlberg because I'm like, I just, I don't usually like him, but he grew on me in this movie. And I think that says a lot about how he played it in that I went in thinking I, I might like this movie, but I'm going to hate Mark Wahlberg as Sully because Sully is a big part of the games and he's, one of the best characters in the games. And so it's one of those things where you're like, oh God, Mark Wahlberg. I was pissed when they when I heard that that's who they cast. But he grew on me. And after the first, when they go in to steal the cross, by that point, I believed in it. I was like, okay, this is, he's got the essence of Sully because he'll have these moments where he, the one thing that Sully does the in the game is he'll do something shitty. And then, Nathan or Chloe or, or somebody will call him on it and be, you're such a dick, quit being an asshole. And then he'll make a joke of it and then you like him again, right? And he plays it and then he realizes, yeah, I did fuck up. And then he'll do something that redeems himself. So he played that very well, like where he would be a complete asshole. And then you'd see like this regret in his eyes, which I thought was very impressive from Wahlberg. You'd see that on his face, like, shit, I did fuck up. And then he'd be funny again and just like kind of play it off or whatever. But at the end of the day, he will you can always count on Sully to do the right thing like he does at the end of this movie where he hucks the bag of gold, which was... Yeah, down spiking <laughs> gold in that game. <laughs> Yeah. So it was, yeah, I liked it. I think he won me over, which I didn't expect. I thought I'd come away just completely hating him as, as that character. But I think he did well and I'm impressed with how... It all played That's out. That's hard to do.
0: I mean, change your opinion like that in a couple hour stint with years of movie buildup <laughs> telling you why you shouldn't like that person in that role. So congrats, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. You have a fan out of JJ out of this one. At least in this movie.
1: But I will say, Sophia Ali, so the actress that played Chloe, I really enjoyed her in that part because she's an integral part of the like Because she's a piece of almost every game, I think. So it's hard to get through these games, but I believed her from jump. So even in the previews, everything I saw, I was like, I think I'm really going to like her as Chloe. And I did. I So I thought she did a great job, but I think who really got shit on unfortunately in this movie is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, dude. Like what the hell? <laughs> Cause this dude <laughs> killed it as this villain for 90% of this movie. And then he gets this unceremonious shitty fucking death it wasn't even bloody yeah. enough for me. Like, they slit his throat and there's no blood. <laughs> oh, I,
0: tried, I remember telling Taylor, I was like, this is quintessential PG-13 because you're slashing someone's throat and there's no blood anywhere. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I was so mad. I was expecting him to go out in a blaze of glory. yeah, Like, what some sort of cool. booby trap or, you know, shot with an RPG or something like that. Something with the car. He loved that car. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, it was just... I'm assuming it, he was, was
1: supposed really to a die, timing. though,
2: from the video game. Was that supposed to happen? I do know one of the villains dies in quicksand. So, I mean, that could have happened. Yeah. But no, no, he just got his throat slit. And, you know, I was like, oh, cool. I mean, I was mad, but the timing for that was perfect because I didn't see his death coming that soon. Yeah, sure. I think for he sure. had to die, but I did not see it coming, you know, before they even touched down.
1: Yeah. Cool guy. I don't think that character was in the game. I think that's a mm. character that was for the movie that kind of combined a handful of the villains through the games because there's a couple that are like... There's always the overarching rich treasure hunter that's wanting to find more gold or more money within the... But I don't believe that that's a character in a game. Uh, I think it's like a combination of a couple of the villains that you face in the games. But yeah, it was just such a boring-ass death. I was like... Especially because like this dude had this girl kill his dad in, with him in the car. I'm like, this dude's ruthless and I like it. And Antonio Banderas <laughs> plays a good bad guy. Like when he's being all shitty and like flamboyant and fun and like, and then he's just like, yeah, you're, I'm going to kill you dad. Cause you're a dick. Like I was just like, holy shit. And then for him to just die off screen. And then you just see him laying there. I'm like, mm. if I had to guess that kind of, cause one thing I will say about this movie is you can tell the parts where the production was being rushed because of covid and and all the production hell that this movie had a little bit of issues because of what it was and how it was going there were a couple of parts where near the end where you can tell like they were like hurry up we got to get this done and so like it felt a little forced and i think that might have been one of those they probably would have given him a better death but i think they were trying to just get through the movie and while i enjoyed that character that girl the Braddock, the character played by for me. she just wasn't, to me, she couldn't carry that character, the way it was built up through the movie, couldn't carry the main villain. Like, it just didn't work for me. Like, the stakes just changed. They weren't big anymore once Antonio Banderas died.
0: Yeah, I wanted him to still be alive because he was passionate, wanted to restore his family, wanted the money, the greed and him, when like when those helicopters were dragging the planes out and I could see him just saying like, I don't care. Get over there. And then them shooting the harpoon things, to get over there. Like that Ludicrousy makes sense because they got a, a ludicrous rich dude that's telling them to do this. And he's insane. And where the other chick, like it just felt very businesslike and transactional where you didn't have that same allure. So I was hoping he was going to go through that and then die in some sweet way. But yeah, maybe they made those choices, like you said, because of production
1: and time. Yeah. I think it would have been better if like, he at least got on the boats as they're flying, you know? And then like, maybe she turns on him at that point and she kicks him off the boat or she uses one of these Mm. cannonballs because that would have been a good enough death for me to be okay with him dying and being betrayed. Like I would have been fine if she betrayed him. I just think it was the wrong time and the fashion was wrong. It just felt there was no value in it. And he was such a good character up until that point that, I just felt like it was a way. So I just thought they could have done it better and make him last a little longer. Like you said, till they're on this big dramatic boat chase scene. And then it, I just think it would have been a better payoff for his character and all the things that did. scene was pretty ridiculous. It was, really awesome. I was like, this is crazy. But you know what? It felt just like an uncharted game scene. Like they do ridiculous shit like that all the time in those games. And so that's why I was watching it going, I normally in a movie would be like, what the fuck? But I can't in this one because I'm like, that's a very Nathan Drake scene. Like, that is a very uncharted situation to be in. I mean, I didn't have any problem. It was just I was like, I don't
0: even know if those helicopters could do that when you're turning that much and that much weight. I'm pretty sure they're going to work, (laughs) but it
1: looks cool. Yeah, for sure. There was definitely some video game feel. Because those boats it, would have been unreal heavy with that amount of gold, right? Oh, for sure. Well, not to mention, they would have been so brittle. I mean, these things are 500 years old. Yeah, they would have broke apart. Yeah, like the first time it hits one of those islands or whatever. And I don't know that it would have survived being picked up off the ground period, because it's in a, I don't think so. it's in a very moisture-heavy area in this cave with water around it. The wood would have been rotted and soft and, I mean, I'm sure it was treated to a certain degree, but I just don't know that either of those boats would have been survived the sure lift cool. out of it but it looked cool as fuck. And you think yeah, of like yeah.
0: Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we got...
1: I did laugh with the Jack Sparrow line. <laughs> like, we, Are you done playing Jack Sparrow down there or <laughs> some shit like that? That was a great one.
0: It was pretty good. I mean, the other part that was so video game-esque was the cannonball scene where he lines it up to shoot the helicopter. I was like, ah, we'll, we'll let it slide because that's yeah, yeah. a one in the trillion
2: shot. Oh, yeah. Looked yeah, cool. yeah, I really like that part. I would have put the Scottish guy in charge if it was me. Ooh, um, yeah. Because he was hilarious. Oh, yeah, um, and I really loved his interactions with Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Where the first time you meet him, he comes out with this real thick Scottish brogue. And okay. Tom Holland has the perfect response what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't
1: know what you're saying. Stop saying it. I can't understand you they leaned into the joke for like 10 minutes. Cause later on he's got his ass beat. And then he finally, he's like, stop, stop, stop. I seriously can't understand anything you're saying. (laughs) It was just the way they played that joke for so long. I liked that a lot. No, I thought it was fun. I thought there was some good tension too. Like when there was, they're going through the tunnel part where the heaven and hell piece, where I really enjoyed the setup of everybody's willing to portray everybody in this movie. So you were like, Oh shit, who, how's this going to go? And so I thought they really played that off pretty well. I think anybody that's played the video games knew that eventually Chloe was going to turn on him. but I love too like the fact that he tricked her. Cause that is such an uncharted game thing where he'll send her on the wrong path just to keep her out of danger or whatever, or screw her over. And then see her at the end and she's like, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Or something like that. That's a very typical out of those games. I just, I love the homage they paid to the game while still making an entertaining movie. That tunnel scene is where I realized that
2: I could never be a treasure hunter mm-hmm. because I would have followed all the arrows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would have, I would have pulled the Tom Holland. Nope, there's, there's an arrow. We should go this way. We need to go this way. Differences, I wouldn't have been have quick enough reflexes to avoid the spikes and my treasure hunting career would have been done. Um but I I really enjoyed kind of that playoff because that was where it really felt video gamey to me, but as well as kind of the Indiana Jones spin that Madsen Mm -hmm. was talking about the spoiler free Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have the booby traps and you have these contraptions that somehow are still functioning (laughs) for 500 years. Nobody's seen them in Barcelona. Nobody's figured it out or wondered what this big, huge counterweight is or, you know, anything like that with all the construction that goes on in, a, in an old city like that
0: they're too busy um, having siesta okay yeah <laughs> uh,
2: i guess so <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed that tunnel scene because <laughs> for me that's kind of when the movie really picked up and got
1: to speed you got to see um what it was all about yeah mm-hmm. i did i will say that i laughed out loud at the fact that the one keyhole was in a Papa (laughs) John behind some weird fucking glass that he had to throw. Like I literally burst out. I was like, that's funny as shit. Like, because I'm literally standing in a Papa John's right now. <laughs> like I just, I was like, "What clever product placement!" I'm sure John paid quite a bit of money for that. But uh, it was pretty. I was like, could it have been like a coffee shop or, or like a bakery like, yeah. that would have been more believable. But
0: it, you know, I'll be honest, not that, that product placement. That one that was well played because oh, it, yeah. it made me laugh. I was like,
1: motherfucking Papa John's, way to go!" <laughs> it worked for me on so many levels. Like I was <laughs> like, "This is great." It was, yeah, I laughed out loud in the theater. I'm sure people, because nobody was laughing at that shit, but I found that hilarious. But and- Alec, you bring you bring up a
0: really good point. I think all of us have seen enough of these movies where there's some historical civilization or a group of people in this instance that sets up booby traps. I mean, we've seen the Aztecs to the, I mean, all kinds of <laughs> groups of people that they set up these things. And then you're like, is that you're going to turn 400 years later? Is, is that spear still going to shoot out of that hole i would just love to know treasure hunters of the world are, are those things even real or does that even exist or the fact that they built this thing so far in the ground they didn't think anyone was like i don't know like did the, the egyptians have booby traps and they probably didn't work 300 years i, I don't know yeah. I, I just wish we could know
2: because it would be cool well, my thing is like they're the guys who built this, their goal was to go back for the gold. Like what? Yeah. Years? yeah. Why Why are you building all these booby traps? If you're just going to have to be the one who goes through them, are you really not thinking about going back and getting this gold? Cause I think it would take longer to build the booby traps than it would just to be to wait and go back for the gold. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's fair. So, Cause
2: they're not going to forget how to get there in 10 years. Yeah, they, they know where it is. They're the ones who dumped it. Yeah. Um, and the whole two separate key things I get, you know, and that was kind of a cool concept where one key goes to the first mate or whatever it was, and the other one goes to the crew. So nobody backstabs the other one. But I was, I was also like, I feel like it'd take longer to set up all your booby traps because Barcelona is a city that's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like they'd have to be excavating underneath the city, set up their booby traps. And I have to think at some point, Someone, you know, like the Moncada family would ask a question like, Hey, uh, what, what are you guys shit? doing down here? Yeah. Well, what's going
1: on? You guys, you guys didn't bring my gold back, but you have plenty of time to root around the city. Yeah. Well, and wouldn't Papa John's like notice in their basement, like some giant tubs of salt? Like, <laughs> I think that's like my other like I was like, mm, these movies like that, I'm like, there's modern structures above all that stuff. Like, at some point, and I say I that, I but we hear about all the time, like people finding like shit in their basement or whatever. So, I mean, I say that. And I mean, if you're Papa John's, you're not going to be like, well, as long as that, the road is structurally sound, then we should be good. Right. Like wherever we're building. Yeah, John, we
0: Johnson of Papa John's is not looking at it. He's all about his bottom line, JJ. Just That's get fair. that pizza. Give me the money. That's fair. That's I blame
2: general contractors. They see it and they say, I'm not fixing that. And they don't put on the report. <laughs> that's I fair. As well. Enough time around some GCs for like,
1: mm-hmm. nope, not not my job. Yep, as long that as it's makes, not gonna that's someone else's problem. Yeah, I like someone that. Someone else will find it later. I like that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will say this: the the things that we're talking about, so like these things that are very national treasure, very, very uh, Indiana Jones. Like that's a lot of the stuff. Like so, this movie's been shit on by critics. It gets crazy. Like. And this is part of the reason, I, I've said it a couple of times, this is part of the reason that I wanted to do this podcast because so many times, you know, you read something from a critic about the movie being not good, and then I go watch it, and I'm like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, this was fun. This was entertaining. It was a good movie. Hey, I got a 40%. Oof. Dude, I'm telling you, they have shit on this movie because they're like, well, it's just it's national treasure meets Indiana Jones and it leans on all these tropes. And I'm like, who fucking cares if it's fun and it's entertaining, but I say that. And you know, we've at least, you know, Alec, I'm sure you'll get there, but Matson and I can honestly say we've become kind of that person at times. Like, yeah, we have, I have done that where I've shit on a movie. And then I think about it and I'm like, why am I actually shitting on this movie? Like it was actually probably pretty fun five years ago or two years ago before we started this podcast. And now you know, we look at it and I'm like, well, I'm kind of a critic. And so my goal is as we move forward in the next year, of this podcast is to not be that guy as much as I have been, because this movie was entertaining. It was fun. And so I I think it's really sad that the critics are shitting on it so much because it's good. It's worth watching. And if you're just looking to go have a good time and not have to worry about what's going on in the world, because it's a shitty time right now in a lot of ways. So just go have fun, man.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I glad you brought up what I wanted from the spoiler free. It's funny you mentioned it like, because I've I mentioned on this podcast a few times. I'm now someone in like my family, especially a lot of my nephews that are up here, like my sister that's up here as well. They always ask me, like, do you like the movies that you watch? I mean, when I <laughs> see a movie with them, she's the one with the Dalmatians. What's that movie called? Oh, like, uh, just, Cruella. Cruella. Cruella where they are, like, that was that is one of the best examples. They Everybody loved it in that room, and I liked it, but I was finding ways to, mm-hmm. to knock it down than just to enjoy it. And that's what I think Jage is getting at and what I've experienced since for two years now is it's really easy to... That movie before we would have done this podcast, I'd be like, yeah, great movie. It was yeah. fun, entertained, really liked it. But then we sit here and you listen to us enough, you, you probably get it too. You just... You're, you become trained to find ways to knock things down. It's funny because I don't live my life that way. I'm a very positive person. I'm someone that looks for the best in people, To sometimes to a fault for me. But I found doing this podcast with these movies and being a critic... It's the other way. I'm looking for reasons to not give a movie a five or a 4.5 or because you want to protect your opinion of what like an upper echelon movie is. But then it's to the detriment of what happened to just going to the movie theater and having a good time. Be like, I like the movie and not having to think about was the acting good? Was the music good? Was the CGI good? And you can think about those things, but don't maybe sometimes get as in-depth and just ask yourself when I left that theater or when I left my couch, having watched that thing, what was my base opinion? Like, how did I feel? And I think for me, that's more of what I would like to get back to. And that's what Uncharted was for me. Like, mm-hmm. is it the best thing I've ever seen? Are there some serious gaps in some of the plot and <laughs> some of the liberties they took? Sure. But at the end of the day, two actors carried this movie and that's why I liked it. And that's why I would, i probably go see it again. So I think it's, at least for JJ and I, something that i think we want to try and do as well is just i always mention the common folk i want to remember i want to keep my ratings to if i was to go see this movie with my friends or people just go out and say are they going to like it or not and it's more simplistic than i need to to do for my past rating so I'm, I'm going to try and do that because i think the problem with these critics is they're doing what's happened now where they're they're getting nitty-picky about all these things but then all the movies that they end up liking for oscars present these really well developed plot and story but usually it's super sad it, it's these movies uh, actors doing some of these indie stuff that it's not as enjoyable to watch it's not as fun it's not as uplifting whatever it is and they just become really heavy and weighty and slow and kind of boring but does that mean it's does that equate to a great movie or can it just be something fun and lighthearted that you leave and like oh wow, i feel refreshed i love the movies it expanded my imagination and my horizons so now that was a long rant basically to say <laughs> i'm gonna try and do better as well jj 2 remember the common folk and just really determine what did in, what in my gut say about that movie and not have to list out everything else as well.
2: Yeah. Critics suck. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that they are out for clout. And if mm-hmm. you kind of take that contrary position, that's the quickest way, especially in the digital age that we live, to get that attention, right? It's all mm-hmm. PR and how much you can get, you know, your name and your face out there. Yeah, this was a great movie. I don't know why they're shitting on it because it was fun. I mean, it doesn't. And I think it was fun because there isn't that underlying theme that every movie seems to have going for. This was just a treasure hunt film. There was no deeper meaning to it. Uh, they, They set up for a sequel, but they don't need to make one if they don't want to. They finish the story. It was a great story. If they want to continue it, that's on them if they make that decision. But there's no cliffhanger, no underlying story. JJ talked about this. They're not building a universe. They left it open that if they wanted to, they could. But they're not, you know, committing to a universe aspect. This was just we made a great bunch of games. We think we can make it into a movie Let's go have fun and let's make it. And the critics are just going to be like, well, I don't think this is a you know, lighting and cinematography. And, you know, they can they can throw out a bunch of movie words all they want to. But it was fun. It was great. I think it's the number one movie in America right now. Probably. Or it had it like the be. biggest opening weekend since something or another. I mean, just getting Tom
0: Holland in your movie alone, and then sprinkling a Marvel. Right? Yeah. I
2: mean, it's going to drive some people to the screen. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 doing well. People want to see it. It's great thing that they did, and the critics are just going to you know take a huge fat steaming dump on it because they need the recognition they have to remain a film critic. Yeah. I can't imagine that's an easy you know title to maintain. Yeah. This is the Stephen A. Smith for a massive effort. <laughs> exactly. from ESPN when they have their shows and they're talking, going
1: back and forth. Someone always takes up a position to just argue it, and that's what film critics are, in yeah. my opinion. I agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, and I, I get frustrated because, like, I get that there's like an art form, like in movies are art, and like a lot of these people work really hard to make films and stuff. But I also think that we lose sight of. It takes just as much talent, in my opinion, to make a movie that doesn't have a deeper meaning and is still entertaining and fun as it does to make a movie that actually proves a point and tries to teach a lesson or, you know, has some big life lesson in it or whatever you want to say. I, I just think we we shit on so many as well, that movie had no point. Well, who cares? The point was that I went and forgot about all my issues for a couple hours and you know, the fact that I got to go to work on Monday and I got to make a living and I got to pay my house bill and my rent and my food it gets and see the dreams. Yeah, it just lets me go and enjoy myself. And that, you know, this movie really was that for me. Like I was like, and it, you know, it was a realization of probably six months ago. If we'd have done this movie, I'd have been a little yeah. harsher on it. But I had so much fun and I was like, I'm going to lean into that when I review it as opposed to wow, I could have been better in this. Cause there was some CGI issues at the beginning too. Like when he was swinging from those crates, I was like, that looks mm-hmm. fake, but I didn't care. Cause like, again, I was having fun. And I think that's where I want to lean into again. So well, you can,
0: you can forgive some of that where like she does tomorrow, where the CGI was just, I mean, that's where I'll call that. So, cause it was so bad, yeah. so bad where they could have spent 30 grand more and it looked better, but yeah. the CGI didn't detract from it. It's something I noticed. I was like, eh, I, like could have done a little bit better but whatever it was fun like and it, it moved right on and tom holland he's just right guy right, whatever
2: yeah, Keep yeah. i liked it for me it was the fact that it's a video game so i didn't really care about the cgi because i was like well, it's a video game so yeah. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do i mean you can't really hate tom holland outside of a cargo airplane yeah so for, for me i was looking i was like oh yeah
1: terrible cgi but again yeah
0: if it was game. tom cruise he would have requested
1: yeah. to, to <laughs> yeah no shit well and i thought the same thing too like i saw it and i was like that was shitty cgi oh it looked like a video game we're good i, <laughs> I left it alone mm-hmm. so all right should we rate this thing let's do it all right i'll go first i look i had a really good time watching this movie and and i think for me like i left the theater thinking Casey would hate it. Cause Casey, she enjoys like a deeper meaning movie. And she was like, but when she came out and she goes, that was a fun movie. Or, that was a cute movie. I was like, shit, she's right. It was cute. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was enjoyable. And I think that's the, the, the key to this movie is just go and don't go looking for some mind blowing like, Ooh, it looks great. And it's a high level. It's just fun. Just go and enjoy yourself. Live up the, massive amounts of charisma that is just oozing off the screen between all these actors. And even the villain who's just this, you just love Antonio Banderas for as long as he's in this movie and just enjoy it and go with what it is. And the fact that they drop a boat on some chick's head, like it's just fun. I mean, and if you go in with that, I think you'll really enjoy this movie. I will watch this movie again. I'm going to give it a four because I just had a great time way higher than I thought I would rate it but I. the more we talk about it I had a lot of fun with it and it's something that I'll watch again so I'm giving it a four
2: Alec, yeah I really 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 enjoyed this movie like I said earlier I went with uh, an Uncharted veteran right someone who really knows the Uncharted games and so Oceana was picking out all of the little Easter eggs right the Nolan North she knew who Nolan North was Tom Holland opens up a case and there's a Naughty Dog sticker mm-hmm in the case. So all these little Easter eggs that keep happening. And then, you know, like I said, I haven't played the games, but I've watched her play the games. And so Nathan Drake has got his signature, you know, a uh, hip holster or shoulder holster mm-hmm. type thing. And the way that Tom Holland gets that right at the end is a nice little bow on the top. And so I think this movie was really well done, really well made. And then, you know, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and that chemistry we've been talking about it felt like they were just having fun on the screen and Tom Holland was making old jokes, Mark Wahlberg was making short jokes. <laughs> um, and, but it wasn't a central part of the movie. It was just an added little bonus that was thrown in. So I'm going to give it a four as well. I'm watching this movie again. I think Oceana has seen it four times now and, you know, we'll probably Whoa. see it another couple of nice. times in theaters before it hits streaming. So it's a, it's a great movie and I mean, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'll definitely see it again. All right, Madsen. Finishes off here. Yeah. I've been I've been hovering between a three point five and a four.
0: I've been thinking about this a lot, but I feel confident giving it a four. I think there's definite reasons it's it's I'm trying to kind of recalibrate myself. And you guys have already taken the words out of my mouth. I've already said it. This movie was fun. This movie looks good on screen. I think this movie looks good in a theater. If you still have an opportunity to go see it in a theater, go do it. Like it's visually appealing. The acting holds up, the jokes as you're sitting there with your friends, munching on some popcorn, and such. It's the worth the investment, worth the time, the money to go experience what a movie is in experience that you go have some fun with your friends, your girlfriend, your family, and you're going to walk out of that, you're going to laugh, you're going to bring up some of those jokes again about the prom joke in the bar and and the chemistry between Tom and Mark Wahlberg. It's what I like about a movie. It's fun. It's simple. It's lighthearted, but it works really well. It's not something that's going to teach you maybe a ton of life lessons. (laughs) And like JJ said earlier, not every movie needs to be that. Some movies are good for it, but sometimes you just want to go and, and experience an adventure that is never going to happen for you. You're not going to be in a helicopter driving boats that are, are massive and super heavy in Thailand, but you can see someone else do it and be like, damn, that would be really cool if my life was a video game. And I think that's what you're going to walk away knowing. And I think the best compliment I can give this movie is if I didn't know it was titled Uncharted, but it had Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and it had everything was the same this would have been a good movie. If anything, I probably would have had a little bit higher expectations because I wouldn't have been worried about the video game adaptation. And mm-hmm. I think that's the highest compliment you can give this movie is it's just a good movie, but it happens to be from a
1: video game universe and I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, me too. Cool. There it is. Pretty high scores. Pretty excited about that. We've had fun reviewing it, had fun watching it. Next yeah. week. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> Moonfall. Oh enjoy that review Ooh. god we go from top marks to not so top marks anyway so we can yeah. fill our
0: audience and we recorded that one before this one just so you all know and it was very refreshing to end on a high note
1: <laughs> yes i'm glad we glad we recorded this one after that because that one was hard to record for it uh, it was hard to watch anyway yeah so check out move fall next week yeah enjoy this one go watch this movie matt's until everyone can find us Yeah, you can check us out on social
0: media, especially Facebook and Instagram. Check us out at whatsarverdict.com to see what's upcoming or be a super fan like Alec and leave us Mm -hmm. a comment on our awesome episodes. And yeah, just leave us a five-star review like JJ talked about at the beginning on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, and then make sure to check out our spoiler freeze as well on YouTube.
1: Yeah, Alec, it's always fun having you join us. Looking forward to you being part of the team moving forward. Excited to get your opinions. Mm-hmm. oh i'm super happy to be on the team and
2: going forward it's, it's gonna be fun I'm, I'm gonna bring you guys back to the light make right. sure you guys aren't given those uh <laughs> those review because the camera angle was wrong or the <laughs> aspect ratio of the movie was messed up
0: <laughs> hey it bothered the hell out of me that one i may not be able to forgive. not just zach snyder if you ever listen to this f you dude i still hate you for that just make it fit my freaking tv
1: screen it's not hard to do oh that's funny i love uh, it good times all right with that as always we appreciate you tuning in we'll catch you on the next one bye Cinematic out